pastor teacher from Tulsa, Oklahoma, is Bob Yandian. And uh, Bob was very respected and still is. But he made this statement. He said, um, it's a misnomer for adults to say to their children or think, it's a misnomer for adults to think that they can make a better world for their children. It's impossible. He said, you can't do it. Because Jesus said, as the day approaches, it's going to get darker and more evil. But where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. But he said, what you and I can do as parents, and that's why, Pastor Carroll, thank you for addressing the issues and the importance of parents, even in the church, instructing their kids and teaching them respect, teaching them to worship. Amen. He said this, what we can do is make better children for a darker world. Well, how do you do that? You instruct them and you teach them. And guys, it also means correcting. It also means discipline. Sometimes. Are you all here? Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but our, our kids qualify for disciplinary action at times. I know I I, <laughs> well, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I needed a lot of disciplinary action growing up. Come on. Amen? Well, thank you, honey. I appreciate your support. Open your Bible, if you would, to the Gospel of John. Last night I had said it, and you know what, uh, even with the phone calls this morning, we prayed in faith for the congregation because a, a number of people have gotten hit just this weekend. Some of them came through last night. They came for the church dinner, and uh, some folks got prayer, and others, you know, they they got hit through the night. So it's scant today, and it's like that. There, I understand, man. Please. Get, you know, get the rest. They may not have slept through the night. They may have had a very difficult night. But it angers me in the spirit. It angers me because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said. And it's not about the have-tos. I appreciate the platform and the, the prophetic ministry coming forward to our church. I always do because God's intent. What is the intent of reproof and correction? It's to make us better. Is to help you and I discern. So, listen, we don't always accurately discern where we're at. And sometimes we don't accurately discern where we're not. There can be two dynamics going on in our life. We're not where we should be, and we don't really understand where we are. And sometimes we think we're somewhere where we're really not. Come on. Amen? That's why the, we need the body. That's why we need the reproofs of life. And I, I shared that from the book of Proverbs. And it says a wise man or a wise woman loves the reproof of life. Because reproofs help keep us where? Look at this. Look at this room for a moment. Forget the purple on the outside. All this multicolored carpet is part of the broad way to destruction. And you and I, Jesus said, narrow is the way to life. Well, did he just make that up to fill some pages? And what comes in, you know, what all falls into the criteria of walking that straight and narrow path? Literally, the Greek means that narrow path was a, designed in a way that you almost had to go in sideways to get, well, providing that we were all European or, you know, <laughs> that we were all at our optimum weight <laughs> and physique that we could Get through that narrow way. You almost had to do it sideways. That's really the inference of the Greek. Say tight. So the, it's, it's possible. It's, an, it's a possible walk. It's a possible experience. And it should be a joyful experience. Hallelujah. You know, while you're escaping through and getting through those crags and different things, that narrow path, it's in you I live and move and have my being. Hallelujah. I am blessed in my coming and my going. And even at times when I have to squeeze. Come on. I appreciate the reproofs of life. 
And I'm grateful to be in a place where it's, it's not just the pastor, but it's a pastoral team that's getting the heart of God and flowing with the Spirit of God. When are we going to change? You know, and what do we need to do to change? And I, I want to highlight that. But there, in 1 Samuel 15, I encourage you to read it. <clears throat> in 1 Samuel 15, there's instruction that the prophet has given the king, King Saul, to go. And God said, well, <laughs> Turn to First Samuel fifteen. <laughs> say it's not by might. Didn't, didn't the Lord say that in the interpretation? It's not by might. It's not by power, but by my spirit. Yeah, tongues interpretation. For six weeks previous to the past two messages that Pastor Tim brought forth, whether it were holiday-related and qualitative, we were talking about spiritual house cleaning, and we're going to pick that back up because it's important that we finalize it and have a full understanding. And as, listen, it's available to you, not only in the book form. We gave everyone a book. So I want to say this to you. Please hear my heart. If, you get, if you're getting your butt kicked, you need to reevaluate why. You need, yeah, no, 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 no. You're not going to get your butt kicked if you're doing it right. You'll have challenges. You'll have tests and trials. There will be fights to fight, but guess what? You don't get your butt kicked when you're doing it God's way. You kick butt. There's a difference. Amen? There's one thing if I get kicked in the butt, but there's another thing if I'm doing the kicking. Amen? Say, I'm called to kick butt. Uh, forgive me. I, I'm not trying to be indiscreet or anything. First Samuel 15. <laughs> the people had asked, the people got disgruntled because God would always speak to his entire people, to the entire nation. He spoke through prophets. He anointed them. They were anointed of God. So listen, their entire religious experience and encounters with God were based on what the prophets spoke and revealed by the Holy Ghost. Think about that. No one had an intimate relationship with the Lord the sons of God were not on the planet yet. People of God were, but they had not yet even qualified to be sons of God. By faith, they were. Amen. But there was an appointed time for them to become sons of God. Amen. You with me? But they got disgruntled with Samuel because Samuel was getting very old and his children weren't living right. And in the priesthood and in the prophet's ministry, many times it was a generational blessing. It was a generational calling. Samuel. This is Samuel. 1 Samuel 15. <laughs> All right, you with me? It was Samuel too. Samuel's children were not lining up to become the next prophets to hear from God. Are you, are you all with me? So the people began to get scared, and they said, give us a king like the nations have. Because they feared what could happen if Samuel went home to be with the Lord. That's the gist of it. They asked for a king, and God, Samuel was so disheartened by it, the fact that they wanted a natural system to operate and live by, rather than a supernatural guidance of God. So that's what we come into this chapter. Samuel, starting with verse 1, Samuel also said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, heed the voice of the words of the Lord. What is it about heed, Saul, you don't get? <laughs> here's, the, here's a 
an authoritative, let me say it this way, an authoritative commandment from God through the prophet to the king. You all with me? Say authoritative commandment. Heed the voice of the words of the Lord. King Saul. Prophet to king. Amen. Thus says the Lord of hosts. I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel. How he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. We're still in thus saith the Lord. Now go and attack Amalek. And utterly destroy all they have. Do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, infant and nursing child, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Now, from a Christian mindset or even a worldly mindset, how do you see a loving God in this? How many believe God is love? And a God of peace? Amen. That's our God. But our God, we sang about it today. Our God is a God of justice. And sometimes Christianity, and this is part of the deluding of the darkness, the, the spirits, the deceiving spirits John wrote about in the letters. He said, deceiving spirits are coming on the earth to deceive even the elect. Because we want to feel good Christianity. We just want to uh, bless me Christianity. We just want to feel good. Lift me up because the world's so depressing. Give me a message that's positive. Lord, tell me how wonderful I am or how beautiful things life is. Even if it's not, tell me about it. Rather than say, you know, Lord, teach me thy ways, O God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, what about these ways? Uh, I'm not suggesting for a moment that God's going to speak to you in the visions or dreams to go kill somebody or animals or anything else. But this is for reason and purpose. There was still vengeance coming through the lineage of Amalek. I'll tell you this. That's why in other nations, and you and I, I, I wondered about it for years. Well, how can there be such gross hardness of heart to literally genocide an entire tribe? To kill every man, woman, and child. I saw it in Liberia when I was there and got caught in the coup. There was a, a shift in government. An overthrow was in, in motion of government which was the result of another coup d'etat. And while I'm there, I'm getting tutored on what a coup is. But literally, the rebels, when they came in, they began to kill men and women. And they began to toss babies with bayonets. This is part of their annihilating this certain tribe. They threw babies in wells to drown. They wanted every previous person that was part of the government at that time to absolutely be extinguished and dead. Why? Because if you grow up and you're the seed of that tribe, sure as anything, your responsibility is to bring vengeance. Are you with me? Aren't you glad that Jesus took our place? And all the vengeance of, against sin and death was put on the Christ. And he took all the vengeance of hell itself. Paul said that if the devil knew and understood what was going to happen as a result of his crucifixion and resurrection, he never would have done it. Hallelujah. Go attack Amalek, utterly destroy him, all these things. So Saul, verse 4, gathered the people together and numbered them in Terame, Telaim, rather, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to a city of Amalek and lay in wait in the valley. 
Then Saul said to the Kenites, go, depart, get down from among the Amalekites. Uh Uh-oh, look here. Lest I destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul attacked the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt. Now look at verse 8. He also took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive. And utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Paul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good. And were unwilling, say unwilling, to utterly destroy them. Let's. Let's replay this. What were they really unwilling to do? Heed the voice of the Lord your God. Heed the voice. Obey the voice of the Lord your God and his instructions. Amen? Say heed. Everybody, heed the voice of the Lord. Preach at me. Heed the voice of the Lord. Hallelujah. See, that was the instruction. And then the information came on what they were supposed to heed. Right? The instruction and commandment. Heed the voice of the Lord. Well, somewhere in here, he fell way short of heeding. Amen? Verse 10. Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel, saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. That was the word to Samuel. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried out to the Lord all night. So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul went to Carmel, And indeed, he set up a monument for himself. And he has gone on around, passed by, and gone down to Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Saul said to Samuel, now they're in in each other's presence. Saul says, blessed are you of the Lord, to the prophet. I have performed... The commandment of the Lord. Blessed are you, Samuel, of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Now, just stop there before we go to the next verse. Is this a truthful statement? I didn't say, is it true? Is it a truthful statement? Well, either Saul's a blatant liar, a pathological liar, or he believed it to be true. He may have stated what he believed to be true, but it wasn't what God believed to be true. Be careful that you don't say something is right. That's being said from the pulpit or corrected from this pulpit. Be careful you don't say, that's not right. I will not do according to the voice of the Lord through Ray and Carol or Elena or Carrie or Tim or whoever. I'm tired of hearing this like it was addressed. I'm tired of hearing correction. I'm tired of hearing these different things. Be careful and discern what spirit you're of. On the way to church today, the Lord reminded me of the encounter of the disciples in Matthew 16. This is all tying in. And Peter gets commended for responding. When Jesus asked his disciples, he said, who do men say that I am? This is all going to tie in. I'm not getting off track here. He said, 
Who do men say that I am? And some say, you, some say you're Elijah. Others say you're a prophet. Who do you say I am? And Peter lets this out. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And what's the response? Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. Amen. And then he goes down and he says, uh, he says, and upon this rock, I will build my church. Peter's not the rock. Peter means Petro's small stone. Revelation is the Petra upon this rock, huge stone. What revelation from the father. That's why you and I should never be content with just information. We need revelation. Listen, you want to go into 2019 and have greater success. You have to be a man and woman of conviction. You got to take this, your game to a higher level in God. Cause listen, there's stages of growth in the Greek of, of God's people. Don't be content to be an infant in the Lord and remain there. Don't be content to remain a toddler in the things of the spirit. Don't be content to remain a teenager in the spirit. God wants all of us to grow up into a weoi, which is a mature son of God. And listen, in Romans 8, he said, all creation is groaning for the weoi to come forth. Who are the weoi? Pastor Tim talked about Gideon and the 300. Amen. You remember the story? This is all tying in. That wasn't, a, that was fresh manna then, but that manna is still living and active because it's the word of God. 32,000 people against 155,000. God says, tell those who are fearful to go home. 22,000 leave. There's 10,000 people left. Willing. Say 10,000 willing. Huge. Then he says, now listen, that's still too many. Yes, you'll think you have the, because you're of my people, that you have a right to victory, and you do, but I don't want you to think that you gained the victory in your own strength. Go down, you know the deal. They went and drank a certain way. 300 are selected. 300 against 155,000 ain't good odds in the natural. Amen? Say, come on, say it. It ain't good odds. Tell your neighbor, that ain't good odds in the natural, but it's perfect in the spirit. His ways are higher than ours and his thoughts higher. Amen. So let's continue here. The word of the Lord came to Samuel. I greatly regret that I have set up Saul's king back in verse 11, for he's turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. Now let's go to verse 13. Saul comes on the scene comes into the audience of Samuel and says, blessed are you of the Lord, Samuel. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. But Samuel said, what then is this bleating of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen, which I hear? No sheep and oxen went with you in the army. What is this bleeding of the sheep and the lowing of the oxen that I hear? Amen? Amen? Saul said, they, say finger pointing, they have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared, the people spared. The people spared. The congregation did it. It's the congregation's fault, Lord. Wimp. The Bible says those who teach incur stricter judgment. Why? We have an account for your souls. You don't may not like that. You may not even think about it. But that's what the word of God says. They give an account for your soul. What is your soul? Your well-being, your will, intellect, and emotion. That the word of God that's being preached and thought should help ensure a protection. Help build the, uh, the word of God into you and help equip you to be a greater man and woman of God in Christ. Amen? And with that, Paul, listen, guys, please don't ever forget... Man, thank God for the TV gospels and, and, the, and the good messages that are always positive and upbringing. But what about the challenge 
things that you need to be equipped for. I don't know about you, but I face challenges every day. I don't need, well, you're blessed and you're coming, blessed and you're going. Praise God. How do I fight a fight? How do I use the word of God against the enemy? How do I change my family's destiny? How do I change this disunity in my family? Well, how do I change the course that my kids have chosen? How do I fight the fight of faith? Lord, help me. And then all of a sudden you hear a prophet say, God says in Hosea, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Oh, does that mean I have to study the word of God? Yeah. I have done according to the commandment of the Lord. Jesus said, man, you, every one of you, us is, shall not live on bread alone, but on every word of God. Amen. See, we need to, we, we want God. We want, we're blessed of God. His blessing doesn't change who he is. His plans and purposes do not change who he is. He is Elohim, plural majesty. He is the great I am, the beginning and end, Alpha Omega. He is the Lord who changeth not. So where is this God today? Where's this God in our Christian experience? Hallelujah. Where is he? Why do we think if he changeth not because of the New Testament, you and I have a greater grace to have greater victories. But listen, I don't know what grace gospel people are, are given into. Well, I know what some of it is. But when you read the Bible, grace isn't a lower standard than the law. It's a greater standard than the law, but it has greater responsibility because on the, on the law, they were citizens of people of God by biological heritage, but they weren't spirit. They had a spiritual promise. Their spiritual heritage was going to be when Jesus went down and preached to the, those who were in paradise and brought them up out of the earth, bless God. Come on. They had to wait to be born again. Hallelujah. So what's this bleeding I hear? And he does this. He starts pointing. They have brought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the best of the sheep, the oxen, the sacrifice to the Lord your God. To sacrifice to the Lord. Look, look at it. Look at the language here. They, your people, uh, my army. They brought these things to sacrifice to the Lord, your God, Samuel. Not the Lord, my God. He set up a monument for himself. They, the people, I allowed to sin against me and you. The people I allowed to sin. Brought the sheep and stuff. The people I feared because I was concerned what they might say about me. The people who began to value the things of the world more than obeying the voice of God. I didn't want to be, I didn't want them to see me in a wrong way. The puppets are filled with leaders like that. You know what? As parents, God didn't ask me as a parent to, to have my kids like me. There's nowhere in the book you can find it. Oh, children, thou shalt like thy parents. Oh, obey them. Listen, parents get screwed up with this deal. Oh, I, my kids, I need to be careful. I don't want my kids to not like me. They're not called to like you. 
They are called to love you. Honor, respect. I mean, I like it when my kids like me, but guess what? There are a lot of opportunities they had to not like me. Why? Because I loved them. And sin desires to sift people like wheat. The devil desires to sift our kids like wheat if he can. You give an inch to the devil, and I guarantee you, I'll tell you what, you give a crack to the devil. Let me tell you something. A rat can get in the smallest opening because it's all cartilage. Don't give the devil anything where he can get the tip of a wedge into that door because then he's just going to drive it in and open that door for more activity. That's why we're doing all this. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, my God, where'd my message go? I don't need that. Samuel said to Saul, look at verse 16. Samuel said to Saul, be quiet. Say righteous anger. This is a prophet of God, anointed of God, speaking to the king that was appointed. Be quiet. I'll tell you what, God, listen, <laughs> whether you believe this or not, Ephesians 4 said, Jesus set some in the church, some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the body of the Christ, the equipping, the building up of the body for the work of ministry. But guess what? God speaks through every one of those gifts. It's the voice of the Lord, hopefully, through those gifts. I'm not going to say every exact thing that comes out of the mouth of any of those ministers. It's not a, a, a blind faith. It's the heart of God. I, it irritates me. That people stand in pulpits and they're the untouchables. They have to have their entourage to protect them from the people. Shepherds smell like sheep. Why? Because they touch them. They touch the sheep. I'm not mad at you. I'm just excited because the love of God is that this house, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Whether by many or few, we're going to stay the course. And you read the churches of Revelation, and you'll see with some of the churches that stood persecution were com complimented by God for just standing and fighting the fight of faith. And if that's our destiny, bless God, let's fight the fight of faith for the right reason. Amen? Hallelujah. For truth. Say for truth's sake. All right, so Samuel says, be quiet. And I'll tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, Saul said, speak on. Samuel said, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Now, the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed or exterminated. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil? And do evil in the sight of the Lord. He didn't say, why did the people do it? He said, why did you do it? As the head of your home, what you allow to happen to come in and go out, is you're held responsible. You and I are held responsible for the activity in our homes. Hallelujah. Listen, there's a, something that the devil wants to do. He wants to suffocate that word of God. He wants to suffocate the truth, deny its ability to produce fruit in our life. 
And there's going to be a righteous anger in you and I to say, thus far and no more. From now on, I'm going to do it, Pastor Elena. Or was it Pastor Elena or was it Christ in the vessel speaking? It's time to repent and rededicate. See, who was speaking up here? Was it was it Carol Shannon or was it a prophet's office speaking to you and I? Christ and her, the hope of glory, speaking something out. Oh, well, we're kind of familiar with her. Well, this is normal for her to do all this correcting or instructing. But now Pastor Elena comes out and it's just a sweet spirit. Bless God. But it's pretty, it's very clear. It's time to repent. You need to rededicate. It's time for the church to rededicate. Well, who's saying it? Is it her? Or is it Christ and her speaking to this house? For what? Love, protection, equipping. Part of equipping is, hey, I need to repent. You know what? I'm off course. Better to acknowledge it. He said it to everyone. Look what he said. Why have you done evil in the sight of the Lord? Verse 20, guys. I'm trying to wrap this up. And Saul said to Samuel, look at this delusion and deception. God forbid that that happens to you and I. That we think we're doing something right and we're not. We think we're obeying the voice of the Lord, but in essence, in reality, there's a, something going on in our life that we're not giving ourselves fully to God. We're, we're just half-hearted in it. And we still have conditions that we, we have in our relationship with God. That's part of the problem in the church, beloved. Still have conditions on how you're going to live your life. You and I have no rights if Christ is Lord. We get him up. Hallelujah. Good deal. I gave him my rights to get his. See, that's the deal. If I hold on to my rights, he's got to hold on to his. My God. Woo! But if I let go of my rights, I get all his. Why aren't my prayers answered? Are you still holding on to your rights? Well, glory, it's something to think about. But the people... Saul said to Samuel, but I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me. And I brought back Agag, king of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites, except Agag. Uh, Can we wind the video back, please? Saul, remember, look at this. Heed the voice of the Lord. Utterly destroy all. He didn't say spare Agag. Utterly destroy. Amen? Look at the delusion. Saul said to Samuel, but I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. And gone on the mission in which the Lord sent me, I brought back Agag, king of Amalek, but, I've, but I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. No, you haven't, because Agag's still breathing. Where's the problem here? What's something short-circuiting in his thinking? Do you agree? Be careful, your thinking isn't short-circuiting. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor, this is kind of like, I'm kind of sensing a little bit of awkwardness here today, a little bit of a challenge. And I'm not giving you a challenging spirit. This isn't a challenging spirit. This is a spirit of God saying, wake up. Judge yourself lest you be judged. We need to judge ourselves. Are we hearkening to the voice of the Lord? You want to be successful in 2019? You want to be able to face the challenges that are coming in 2019? 
to, to, to experience it, we have to heed the voice of God because we love him. We have a better covenant this side. But you have more responsibilities. Whew. Verse 21. Here he goes with the finger pointing. But the people took of the plunder. The, the people. Well, who are the people here? The scripture clearly listed. It's the army that followed him. Say the army. But he's not looking them at army now. He's saying the people took of the plunder. The sheep, the oxen, the best of the things which have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God, Samuel, in Gilgal. I thought he was the Lord my God. Isn't he the Lord my God? Is he the Lord your God today? Well, it's only a few of you answering. I, I, the rest of you, I pray your tongue be loosed in Jesus' name. Is he the Lord your God Say, he is the Lord, my God. Hallelujah. Yeah, glory to God to create. So Samuel said this. Next verse. He's saying it to Saul, beloved. Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? You disobeyed God right from the get-go. You spared the king and you allowed the people to spare the best of the livestock. Come on. Are you with me? Is this a Bible? And you say, Saul, first of all, you're a stinking liar. You're the king and leader of the people and you're a blatant liar. You got a lying problem. Come on. I, mean, I, I feel the fear of God today. You have a lying problem. And if it was on this side of the cross, I'd say to Saul, liars will not enter the kingdom of God. Listen, we say we love God. Anybody, everybody in here, do you love God today? Let me just say it sweetly. Do you love God today? Let me see your hands if you love God. Hallelujah. We all love God. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Not some, you'll keep all my commandments. The ones that you have light on and the ones you don't have light on, they're coming. I'll illuminate them to you so that you can be a greater witness for me. Hallelujah. Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, Saul, in context. But today in this house, with the spirit of the Lord and what he's saying, I don't think you'd be here if God didn't think you were man or woman enough to be able to receive the instruction, correction at times, rebuke, insights, teaching in the way of righteousness. It's all of the above. It affects everybody in this room in a different way. Paul told Timothy, the scripture, all scriptures inspired of God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. You want to be successful in 2019? Allow the Holy Spirit to train you in righteousness. Because I'll tell you what, a half-hearted Christianity is not righteousness. It's half and half. It's lukewarm righteousness. It's a mix. He goes on and says this. Next verse. For rebellion, the translators added as. The Bible says rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. That's what the Hebrew says. Translators try to help, and you end up with an Ishmael instead of an Isaac. Rebellion is witchcraft. Let's make it black and white, and let's call it what it is. If you and I begin to rebel against God's leaders, against first of all, against his word or his leaders, I want to tell you something. Something's missing in your equation of, of your radar, your spiritual radar. Come on. <laughs> 
Rebellion is witchcraft. Then he says this, and he's speaking to Saul, stubbornness is iniquity, literally idolatry. When you're stubborn, and if you choose to be stubborn against the voice of God and his correcting coming to you, that's idolatry. That's what God thinks about it. Hallelujah. Let me know the truth of Scripture, Lord. If you're stubborn, God says that's idolatry and it's sin. If you are rebellious to instructions and the teaching and the voice of God, and Saul was both of these guys. Say, say it. Saul was both rebellious and stubborn. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. It is time to reappraise our Christian walk and our personal attitudes as it was addressed. Is it possible for you and I to be stubborn or rebellious? Well, sure. We're human. The old man was like that. Amen. That was the old nature. Say the old nature. The challenge going in 2019 is to do it his way, to love him with all our hearts, soul, mind, and strength. Again, you're going to hear it often, and I pray it becomes part of your vernacular. There's a huge difference between Jesus as Savior and Jesus being Lord. Savior gets people out of hell and into heaven. But lordship is when he is master of our life. A loving God who wants to be the master of our spirit, our soul, and body by the free will of our choice. See, that's the amazing thing about this sometimes. It's like, my God, you are so incredible. You've made me a free moral agent. I have free will and free choice to either accept Jesus or reject him. But Jesus says, I'm not just Savior. I am Lord and Christ. And it's not enough for you to know me as the one who gets you out of hell. I want to teach you how to rule and reign in life. I want to teach you how to walk the earth as I did. You don't think Jesus had problems when he was here? Come on. First message he preached, they wanted to throw him off a cliff. Welcome to ministry. I wonder how many times we've been thrown off the cliff by faith. I don't like what you're saying. pushed him to the brow of the cliff, and all of a sudden, he moved through the crowd. They didn't even know, where, where'd he go? Where'd he go? It's kind of like a wonderful life when Clarence disappears with the cops. Where'd he go? Where'd he go? <laughs> Do you all know what I'm talking about? Anybody know a wonderful life? It's a wonderful life. If you haven't seen it, let me see your hands. I'll pray for you. You never saw It's a Wonderful Life, Val? Okay. Oh, my gosh. All right, Christmas classic. Amen. Jesus slips through the crowd, and he's untouched because it was not his hour, not his time. Whew. Next week, we'll get to, uh, to today's message. But, yeah, please, honey, I'm looking at all this, and, guys, I want to, let me, I, I just need to finish no, uh, before you say something. Whether these doors stayed open or not is irrelevant in and of that. Are you with me? And I'm, I'm just going to say this. I'm going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and Carol, but not together as a couple. We're going to stand individually before him and give an account for what he's entrusted to us to do. To, and trusted us to say. I don't want to hear you are too harsh on my sheep. 
But I don't want to, I'd rather hear him say, you know, you're a little rough, rather than saying you are weak. And my sheep suffer because of it. I don't want to hear that. I, we love everyone in this place. And God, we want to see you excel in the spirits, excel in your souls, excel in the quality of life, even if the world's getting darker and, and tests become greater and trials, that you and I are going to come through it pure gold mm-hmm. rather than beat up <laughs> citizens of heaven. I remember not too, I don't remember if it was this building. I believe it was this building. Uh, I don't remember when, but it's been some years ago when the Lord told me that he was going to um, bring back to the church the respect for the fivefold ministry gifts because it's been lost. And, um, And to honor his gift, you know, there. I'm going to clarify there. We don't need your honor. No, no. God no. wants your honor. We don't even really look for it, you and me. We, I, I know that. I know you. You know me. I know that. But I honor the word. Oh, yeah. What the word it's says. And so for us, we even honor those that we place ourselves under. Absolutely. Yeah, we honor them and, and show respect and listen to what they have to say and take it in and let it change. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say this because saying that, I remember, listen, it's, we're coming into a fearful hour. and An awesome hour. An awesome hour and a very fearful hour. The fear of the Lord was very strong in the early church. Yes, it was. Very strong. And God demonstrated that because of the pureness of the Holy Spirit and the outpouring and the authority. The increase of the glory. And the increase of the glory. And that's why a lot of the messages that are coming out, it seems like it's to, for, for us to get our hearts adjusted right. And his glory is going to increase it. We can't change that. He said it, you know. And if he said it, it is going to happen. So we see Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts and what happened there, you know, because the glory was so strong. And they lied to the Holy Ghost. And they lied to the Holy Ghost. Peter, they were, he's, they, he, they were men. But they were called of God. But they lied to the Holy Ghost. I remember the story of Lester Sumrall when Lester was starting out in ministry and he was ministering at a church. And a couple from the church where he was staying he didn't stay with the pastors. He went to back where he was staying in this home. And he actually, um, I want to move over here. He actually, because um, I don't want them left out. He actually <laughs> was sitting at the dinner table having dinner. And there was stuff going on in their family. They were having problems and all this stuff that was going on. Lester came out by the Holy Ghost and said, if you would stop tearing your pastors apart when you come home after church on Sundays and repent and go and ask them for forgiveness, this will change. See, a lot of times pastors in the ministry are lunch for the people when they go home. More like a barbecue. Like they chew them up, you know, or things that they said. And this is what's happened for years in the church. And there's been a decline of the respect for the gifts of God in the church. And I don't say that saying looking for, like, you know, never at all, never. I look for it because we should always honor and esteem the gifts. I know us when we were even got around Brother Hagen and talked to Brother Hagen or any of them. Our first time with Mom Goodwin and all that, man, we repented, didn't we, hon? Boy, it was you, like we made sure we were because we respected we the gift. Every sin God forgot, we re, we prayed for. We prayed for everything God. back over again and <laughs> say, God forgive us, you know, and and just like things like that. But it wasn't. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because we esteemed the gift. Yeah. 
that Christ in them can see things and speak. Because the gift, because you're accountable for it, it should get purer and purer and purer as time goes on. So I, I, I was just thinking about that and just thought when I look at Saul and saw what Saul did and, and seeing how he even put, built an, a monument for his own success. See, a lot of people are trying to build monuments for their own success. That success is in God. Yeah. You know, all the praise and worship goes to the Lord. And anything that we achieve, anything you guys achieve, all the honor and glory should always go to the Lord. I just want, Dennis, I want to say this to you. God's going to vindicate you. I know that I'm sitting there and I'm feeling it because it's like, it's like, you know, just like what we were reading and and what what pastor was teaching and sharing today. And it's the same thing in businesses and all. We are commanded by Jesus Christ himself to honor the one, our employer. And when that dishonor comes in and you're born again and blood bought, all you have to do is stand aside and say, God, vindicate me. That's exactly what David did. Vindicate. And that's what David did. I'm not going to get caught up to try to vindicate. But all those words that are spoken, even against him, be careful if you're being employed by somebody, be careful how you speak for, about them. Amen. And don't get caught up in the office speaking against them. Amen. And all I know is I don't know how, I don't know what, when. I don't know any of that, but I know God is going to vindicate. I do know that, and I kept feeling that all through the service. Thank well, Lord Jesus. when you started the word. And... I'm literally shaking. I am too, a little bit on the inside. Yeah, so. I'm literally shaking right now inside because of the 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 soberness of the word in today and feeling the awesome presence of God. Like we have treated the word and things very, at times, not all of us, or maybe we're not aware of it, but unholy, you know. These are holy things to the Lord. Yeah. And we need to really wake up and keep ourselves stirred in the spirit. Amen. 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 Don't let the enemy steal anything from you to weaken you. See, that's his whole thing that he's trying to do. When he gets you to start complaining, and if you start, if my kids, if they started talking about anybody in the church or even another minister, we stopped them right away. They were not allowed and they would look at us and go, but, but you don't understand. I said, but stop. That's, that's what we would say. Absolutely. And I thought, man, I want to agree right with them, you know, with a couple situations. There were some things that we had to talk through, you yeah. know. But I, I'll tell you something. We didn't allow that. We didn't allow disrespect. And so I just want to pass that on to all of you. Because the, the fearful things of the fearfulness of God is coming to the church. It really is. Jesus. And I'm grateful for the word. I'm grateful for everything that comes out behind the pulpit because it's even, well, I swallow it for myself. You know, <coughs> praise God. Please stand. You know, I'm probably even missing my Dallas game, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> Go to your room. No, no, I want to say this. I walked past Maya. Listen, I, I walked past Maya back there, and I looked at Maya. I said, Maya, this is what's going on in your generation. This is what's crept into America. This is what's crept into other to nations because nations are changing, and they're pushing away God. Thank God for grace that we still have President Trump in there. I don't care how he sounds or what he sounds like, but thank God he's still in there. I might not agree with everything, but I thank God that he's still in there because I'm telling you, it is allowing grace in this country right now and for grace to flow right now. And dear God, if he steps out or or whatever happens, you better start praying against impeachment. Because they're going to come hard when they come back, when they fill the, start filling those off. Or the, January. The, who? In January. They're going to try hard and come hard, and we were commanded by God to pray him through his presidency. Yeah. And 
the thing that I see because of what's coming in, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but in colleges and on campuses, they're changing everything the way they're being taught. They're trying to undermine, not trying, they are undermining the Constitution. And the history of the land. And the history of this land. Not saying all of it was correct because it wasn't all correct. But it's still history. How we, still, how we went about things was not right. And there's blood in, on this land, unjust blood that was shed in this land through the slavery, through the Indians, what we did to them. That's unjust. But we can't hold on. It's been repented of, and we cannot hold on to these things. And because we're allowed so much liberal speech anymore, when I listen to that, I go, dear God. Now our children are speaking their opinion, and they hold fast to their opinion instead of parents correcting it. When God spoke, they obeyed. When parents speak, children should obey. And I said to Jeremiah, I said, Jeremiah, your whole generation is filled, even Christians. I'm listening to the Christians in this generation, college on down, with opinions plus. And they're not teachable. And church, I'm saying this so you guys are aware so we can pray. And pray hard. If any time we should be praying fervently and passionately, it's, it's now. And I'm not saying getting burned out with it. I'm not talking about that. There's a rest in praying also. But you keep on praying through. Yeah. Amen. You contend so, for the faith. God has spoken to us. This is huge today. today. It's a huge day. In so many ways, but let's pray. Yeah. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for revealing the heart of the Father in several different ways through so many different vessels today. Lord, as we close out 2018 and enter into 2019, I think it's appropriate that we would take the moment and reevaluate our walk, how the word today and the prophetic inspired preaching and sharing, instructing from the Lord, the voice of God, truly, through human agency. Father, we value it. And truly, in this hour, the church globally, but this house, as for me and my house, for this house that you have ordained, and those hearing the word preached and taught today and hearing the utterances of the Spirit, that we'll reevaluate our life and rededicate our life to you. Lord, like Saul, some of us, maybe all of us, in some way, shape, or form, think that we've been doing just like we're supposed to, and we've missed the mark. We've compromised. We, we've been stubborn, even possibly rebellious. And according to your word, stubbornness is idolatry, and rebellion is witchcraft. And we ask forgiveness for any stubbornness today. If that, if that, listen, you guys evaluate yourself. We ask for forgiveness for any rebellion, any witchcraft in our life. We renounce it. If you're comfortable with this, I'll lead you in the prayer. But it's just to, if, if, if it's your heart, pray it. Heavenly Father, with all that's been revealed today and spoken, I hear what you're saying. And with a gratitude of heart, I thank you for your investment into me today. For the reproofs of life, for correction, for direction, and instruction in the way of righteousness. Forgive any idolatry in my life. And please forgive any, any rebellion in my life. I'm sorry for being stubborn. 
Cleanse me from it. Give me the courage to live right, to follow you right, with great joy and confidence and victory. In the mighty name of Jesus. I believe 2019 is going to be a greater year than 2018. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God. Give him a praise offering. Yeah. Lord Jesus, we praise you for truth.